0: I view law a lot as a social science in the sense that you really are trying to solve social problems, whether they are you know, a large corporate reorganization, ultimately that is a social problem at one level, mm-hmm. or criminal or family law, it, it, it's about people and people's problems.
1: By Law Students for past, present, and future law students, bringing you information to help your career. This is The Law School Show with Rishi and Chris. Chris, how are you, man? Mr. Rishi,
2: dear, I'm fantastic. I'm feeling sharp. I'm ready to pounce on this semester,
1: which is the last of my law school career and yours exactly I can feel the energy coming from you man good we gotta finish strong we got two well three months to go that's right and we gotta make the most out of it Mm -hmm. You know what else I was excited about was all
2: the applications we received from law students around Ontario who are interested in joining the Law School Show team. So thank you to all of you who contacted us. We're in the process of getting back to everyone, conducting interviews, and uh, we're
1: happy to announce that we're going to be growing our Law School Show team very very soon. Exactly. We couldn't be happier. So thanks a lot for all your responses. And we'll definitely keep you updated in the coming episodes about individuals that will be joining the team. And moreover, we do have certain other exciting well, news. Well, we're at Wish. Well,
2: let's, uh, let's
1: just hold off on that for now. Oh, ah, okay. Well, we gotta, we got to listen to Chris. So maybe in the next couple of weeks, Chris, we will let them know? Yeah, we'll leak it out slowly, but there's some big stuff on the horizon. All right. Well, I appreciate that. But today's episode... Is quite monumental for us.
2: Absolutely, Um, just take a second please Rishi and Google the name
1: David Allgood. Give me a second. We couldn't be happier and we couldn't be more honored to actually have David Allgood on our show.
2: Absolutely, this conversation was so jam-packed with wisdom and I had a great time speaking with David. He is the Executive Vice President and General Counsel for the Royal Bank of Canada and has held that
1: position for almost 15 years. Not only has he been part of RBC for a long time, but he's also joined a variety of other organizations. Currently, he's also the co-chair for Pro Bono Law Ontario. And back in 2011, he started Legal Leaders for Diversity, for which he's a co-founder.
2: Absolutely. Um, And in 2012... David was named um, amongst Canada's top 25 most influential lawyers by the Canadian Lawyer magazine. Um, He's been in the game a long time. He knows the ropes, and he tells it to us in uh, this conversation. What did we talk about, Chris? We talked about, um, in his
1: perspective, why uh, he has had so much success. Which is a lot of good, good insights that he shares, what it takes to be a good lawyer, and what are some things that young lawyers should watch out for. He talks about the importance of having financial acumen um, and also of doing pro pro bono work throughout our careers. Exactly. And as we can see from his own background, he's been quite heavily involved with pro bono. And lastly, he also talks about Uh, why it might make sense for lawyers to avoid specializing too early in their career.
2: Yeah, to get a a perspective that's well-rounded and um, understand um, what's happening on the client side um, and
1: with the people on the other side of the table as well. Exactly. So we don't want to withhold you from this knowledge-packed interview, so let's just jump right into it, Chris. Let's jump. Here's our conversation with Mr. David Allgood.
2: Good afternoon, David. Thanks for being with us here today. How are you?
1: I'm great, thank you.
2: Good to be here. Excellent. So, tell us yourself. Tell us about yourself without talking about law.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm uh, without talking about law, all right? I'm 65 years old. Uh, I have a variety of uh, interests, uh, a lot of which include uh, a total of six children, one daughter-in-law and one grandchild. Uh, Congrats. Uh, I have uh was born and raised in Montreal so I'm a, a died in the wool Habs fan even though I have lived in Toronto for nearly 40 years. I won't uh, argue with that. I have uh you know the the advantage of having a good hockey team that I can cheer for. I still play <laughs> hockey myself once a week. Uh spent a lot of time when my children were younger coaching hockey uh both for girls and boys. Um currently am uh you know i work out play hockey uh golf uh read a lot so those that's sort of me outside of the law beautiful
2: so i want to hear about um i want to hear about your career development a little bit so maybe you can describe a couple key career decisions um, that you made along the way that have contributed to the spot you're in now.
0: Okay, well maybe for context, let just touch on the fact that you know I I was uh, I graduated from law school uh, a little more than 40 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I articled uh, at Oslers uh, and I was there uh, until 1998 uh, when I left uh, Oslers and joined the bank. Um, I joined the bank uh as the uh, senior vice president of taxation. Uh I was while at Osler's, uh a tax lawyer for those twenty four years after I got well, I got called in seventy six, so twenty two years. Mm-hmm. Uh I became the general counsel of the bank in two thousand uh and in two thousand and fifteen we'll retire from this position.
2: Oh wow, okay.
0: So a couple of um, career uh, highlights. I think um, when I was at Osler's in um, uh, the mid-1980s, so I was almost about 10 years into my career, uh, I moved my young family uh, to Ottawa and uh, went on an executive interchange into the Department of Finance tax policy branch and uh, worked there for uh, essentially two years and then returned back to Osler's. Um, one of the things that I took out of that, particularly during the period of tax practice, was uh, the value of spending some time, uh, in a sense, on the other side um uh, of the area in which you practice. So yeah, m- many there are many areas, whether it's tax, whether it's securities law, whether it's corporate law, uh, and many other areas, uh, there is a regulator of some form, and increasingly more regulators uh, on the other side of the table from you and your clients from time to time. And I, I have told many young lawyers who I've mentored that I think to the extent you can... Make that decision to spend a little time with uh, a relevant regulator is extremely useful in uh, developing a practice and understanding the people on the other side uh, of the table and, more importantly, perhaps developing with them credibility. Uh, I mean, it's remarkable mm-hmm. to me when I think that there are still people in the Department of Finance tax policy branch that I worked with. You now, It's very remote from what I currently do, but I do think I could still pick up the phone and call some of the senior policy people in finance, and they would at least take your call because they know you and they right. have a view of you. So I think that's an important uh, career development. Um, going uh, and getting in-house experience, uh, as I did uh In 1998, uh, and more importantly, perhaps in 2000, when I became general counsel, uh, was another sort of seminal change. And it was a much, to be frank, a much harder change than going off to the Department of Finance on a a secondment where you know you're going back to your firm. Um, At the end of that period, the... uh, for a good conservative lawyer that I sort of reflect that aspect of, which I think is common among uh, a lot of lawyers. Uh, It was a big decision to leave the law firm and go Mm -hmm. in house to first practice tax and then practice much more generally as, as a general counsel. I think that, that experience and making that decision uh, was a very important career development for me and that it, it showed me that, you know, and not not to be afraid of change. The change can actually have a very positive uh, impact on you. And it, it you know we can get into more just sort of what being in house is all about. But I think that again in the context of trying when you're developing a career to round out your experience so that you've got a, a good base of experience to, to uh, serve your clients. If you can get some. Form of in-house experience. If you, if private practice is sort of where your long-term goals are, again, being inside a client for some period of time, even six months to a year, I think again provides a tremendous insight uh, that is very helpful in the long-term development of a
2: of a, of a legal career. Thank you. That was nice. Um, I do want to talk about in-house, but before we get there, why tax? What was it about that area that drew you to it? Tax? <laughs> well, tax—that's an interesting question. Well, I could
0: give you the glib answer that that's the job they offered me. Um,
2: <laughs> that's always a part
1: of it, I think.
0: Uh, which is part of it, but uh, uh, you know, my educational background—I was—I uh, first started into uh, undergraduate in honors uh, physics and shifted into engineering mm-hmm. for a while, and then. Uh, you know, after second <clears throat> second year, dropped out of the sciences and engineering went and went and did arts. Uh, but, you know, arts for me was economics and commerce and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I was quite, uh, I guess, numeric um, and wasn't afraid of numbers per se. I was reasonably financially literate. And so I, I found the tax practice and it was a, you know, it was a large corporate, tax reorganization and corporate finance practice uh, very intellectually challenging um, and you know that you were sort of playing with numbers sort of to a certain extent as well as obviously with the tax act and and, and the law and and if I might just as a little um, sort of <laughs> advert to the people that might be listening I, I think that uh, financial acumen uh, is a very Important element of uh, being a good lawyer, whether you want to be a corporate lawyer or even a family law lawyer, or perhaps mm-hmm. even a criminal lawyer, uh, because uh, you know, just take family law. If you're involved in uh, the resolution of marriages through separation and divorce, uh, you have to understand what balance sheets look like if your people, if the people you're representing, have any type of assets, and so being afraid of even basic tax and, and numbers, I think, is something that lawyers need to try to get over and get financial training and, and acumen to be really helpful to their clients. I just, yeah, happen to, I just happen to like it.
2: And that's helpful. I think that that, that is still a, a pervasive sentiment, uh, at least amongst my law class, that um, numbers are hard and words are easier. So let's yeah. – that's why I chose law but um so would you describe yourself as a, a business minded lawyer or a lawyer minded business person
0: well that's an interesting question at this point in my career i think I'm still a business minded lawyer okay. uh, when i you know i have uh, i'm very much uh involved uh in the business at the bank but it's still from a Uh, The the legal uh, perspective Uh, while I may say I have financial acumen uh, I don't I I have it to a certain degree but uh, the people who are experts here in uh, playing with numbers uh, do it at a level that uh, is well beyond my capabilities so uh, I'm not involved in active business decisions I'm I'm involved really in providing risk-based legal advice to help make those decisions that we need to make. I'm I'm certainly a member of the team making those decisions, but my input and and my sort of leaning
2: is the legal side of the business decisions. One more question before we get into your current role and talking about in-house a little bit. You've had a lot of success. Why have you had it and maybe some of your other colleagues have not or not to the same extent <laughs> well there, I guess there's several aspects to that I mean um, yeah. part of it
0: uh, I would say is uh, luck and people would say you make you make your own luck but uh, I became the general counsel of the Royal Bank as a tax lawyer because I happened to be here when the general counsel Retired. Um, Good timing. (laughs) I would not have been recruited uh, from my uh, tax practice, no matter how successful I was at my tax practice at Osler's, to be the general counsel of the Royal Bank. That would not have happened. Uh, So I was given that opportunity because I was a lawyer and because I was in the bank, and the senior management team that made the decision as to who should replace the general counsel when he retired uh, knew me as a known commodity. So in that sense, it was serendipitous that I happened to be here. Uh, I think other elements uh, uh, of my success have been, uh, you know, hard work. Uh, I think my, my my work style is a collaborative style. Um,
2: Interesting.
0: I think um, client service is ultimately the important thing, Uh one of the things i think that gets in the way of some lawyers success is is quite frankly a little bit of arrogance uh and i, I have not uh, i don't think i have that attribute and i think that um, uh serving clients is ultimately what it, it is all about no matter which mm-hmm. area of practice uh that you're in uh, I sort of have viewed, and this is this is a view, view that has evolved. I didn't have this coming fresh out of law school, but uh, my view law a lot as a social science in the sense that you really are trying to solve social problems, whether they are you know a large corporate reorganization. Ultimately, that is a social problem at one level, mm-hmm. or criminal or family law. It, it, it's about people and people's problems, and I think that. Uh, uh, I can relate to people and understand that the problems they have are not just what I'm, look, you know, what case I'm flipping through and looking for some type of legal angle to. It's being able to really have a relationship with with your clients, and and that can be you know uh, CFOs of corporations, or it can be someone who you're helping out with a family law problem, or helping out with a real estate problem. Uh, It is uh, a people business, and so I think uh, my people skills, I think, uh, have become pretty well refined, and I would say that's probably one of the the bigger uh, elements of my success. You you have to do all the other stuff. You have to do the work, and you have to think about it hard and and all the rest of it, but if you're going to differentiate good lawyers, I think, from Lawyers who are less successful, I think it's understanding that human element of the law is important.
2: Do you think you've always had sort of an innate ability to understand other people's incentives and to be in touch with that human element? Um, uh, I don't. Hard, hard to hard, say. Hard to yeah.
0: say. I mean, uh, you know, some of it's nurture and some of it's nature. Yeah. And uh, okay, well maybe the
2: better question is how do you nurture it then? How do you improve it even if you are already good at it?
0: I think it's by if you're aware of it and it is part part of your you know sort of uh, what you how the way in which you perceive the world. I think you watch other people. Uh, You watch uh, if you're in in the legal profession, you watch other lawyers who are successful, and and you you some of it's very personal. You have to decide who you want to model yourself after, and right. uh, not everyone who's listening to this will agree with my my sort of humanistic view here. There are people who would, would will take the position that it's uh, you know being hard nosed and aggressive and sure. uh, in the face of the other other side is the way in which you should practice law. Uh, there
2: that's may be times. That's not what for it's that. Worth
0: yeah. for you. Yeah, right. There may be times for that, but that's yeah. so. I think it's it's through. Um, it It's through observing the kinds of people who you
2: uh,
0: work with who you want to emulate who you who you see as successful that helps uh, develop that
2: i I think um awareness is a really excellent thing to point out because it's just so easy to overlook. It seems like an obvious tip i mean be aware. That you need to understand the social dynamics surrounding your law practice, but uh, yeah, I think it can very easily just slide by. And especially as a junior lawyer, when you're so consumed in just trying to get the law right and trying yep. to execute the task at hand, it's it's uh it's really easy to have your blinders on to exactly what the bigger context is and how the clients involved in in the matter.
0: Well, I think um, that is important because we work lawyers generally work very hard, very uh, solution-oriented people. Certainly, uh, uh, your issue identification. Uh, there's a, all of those very necessary attributes. But I think it's important, as you as you mentioned, to keep in front of you that it's yeah. it's it's a people business. It's a social science.
2: Nice. All right. Tell me about uh, being EVP and general counsel at <laughs> RBC. What's that all about? What do you do on a day-to-day? <laughs> <Sorry>.
0: <laughs> uh well I, I would laugh jokingly say it's the best job ever uh i you know I love coming to work um and, and have for the last fifteen years and, and Good for I you miss it when i when I eventually leave, but there is a time when you need to move move aside and let other people have opportunities um, the well <laughs> without being trite uh, the word general and general counsel actually means something mm-hmm. um it it is an area, in one sense, I used to jokingly say that having come into the General Counsel's Office from being the head of tax, my advantage was that I was unencumbered by knowledge. Uh, and what I meant by that, and it was only half joking, is that I didn't have deep, specific knowledge uh, in banking, securities, privacy, privacy, uh, you name it uh, the the areas have expanded uh, right. significantly since two thousand uh into uh sanctions any money laundering uh, a long list of things um, but i what I did think I had uh fairly well developed was good legal judgment um, and so uh, in the royal bank we have about 185 lawyers uh, in 15 countries and almost 25 locations in those various countries wow. um and a lot of them are very uh you know specialized uh, in their particular areas of, of practice uh, you know we we tend to hire lawyers who are 5 and 6 years into practice and uh what it, what my job ends up being is is taking the input um from the, those lawyers uh and a, and making a judgment but that really is only in the cases that become uh, particularly significant for the organization mm-hmm. um uh, it's not like I'm a funnel for all the legal advice in, in the in the organization all of those 185 lawyers spend a lot of time dealing directly with their business partners uh and providing you know daily hourly uh advice to them. It only comes up to me if it becomes a pro a significant problem either reputationally or um uh, financially. I also probably spend at le probably thirty to thirty five percent of my time managing uh that group. It it is the size of a medium sized law firm and so there is mm-hmm. a whole uh, dynamic of uh, managing the team, growing the team, uh, worrying about career progression of various members of the team, um, reorganizing it as the business is reorganized. So there's uh, that significant management component to it in addition to right. the uh, the legal component. The legal component uh this position is largely the application of judgment based on advice that you've got from lawyers that have done a lot of research and preparation mm-hmm. to give you that advice.
2: Excellent. So we're running short on time. I want to tap back into your wisdom a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you graduated law school tomorrow, <laughs> knowing everything you do today, how would you start your career? Well, that's
0: a very interesting question. Um I think I'd go back to um to some of the um things that I mentioned before, but I think I'd try to find uh the most challenging uh articling job, if we're still considering we need an articling job, but fundamentally uh, an entry-level job mm-hmm. uh, in the legal profession, whether it is in private practice, in government or, in, or in-house. or um, My own view is that, it, that several years of private practice uh, are particularly important for developing uh, your legal skills, uh, you can get that in house, but it's harder. Um, and I would try, uh, looking out over my, what might be the sort of first eight to ten years of your career, I would look to try to find, uh, elements, it may not be all of them, maybe two out of the three, but uh, I do think, uh, private practice experience, some, form of government experience and or some form of in-house experience uh, rounds, out, rounds you out and decide helps you decide which direction you really want to go in as to whether, uh, you know, and those are three particular career paths, uh, private practice, government, and in-house, mm-hmm. and um, if you can do it and it's not necessarily that easy, that would be what I think is getting that kind of uh, exposure. Trying hard, and it is hard, I know, for young lawyers to avoid too early specialization. Um, but that would be my, I guess, my thoughts off the top. Why are you so
2: attracted to the challenge? The challenge of law. Yeah, well, I think in ge- well, in general, I'm getting I'm getting the impression that you're attracted to a challenge just as an individual. Uh, on a couple of occasions during this conversation, you've mentioned, for example, just now, that you'd look for a challenge as the very first, yeah. the most challenging job is your very first thing out of the gate. And I, I ju- I'm just curious why um, for you, that challenge is something that you are actually chasing after that you want.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: well, I, you know,
0: I think lawyers generally are very intellectually curious people. I agree. Uh, I'm an intellectually curious person in many respects. And so um I, i think i find it uh, rewarding to, to 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 be involved in a challenging situation uh be able to to think through that situation to come up with a solution or or a proposed solution uh and to see it through to the end i think that that you know you, i find that kind of intellectual challenge uh, uh very rewarding and i'll repeat it often you know in, embedded in there is is a, a human challenge for somebody who you're trying to help so i think mm-hmm. that you get you can get intellectual you know little challenges uh that that are also uh personally satisfying you know, i do not understand uh black holes or quantum physics which are very intellectually challenging right. but uh i think that The law provides very interesting uh, challenges and very broad challenges through a whole spectrum of areas. Uh, And you can work on those intellectually challenging problems and still uh, sort of be more directly involved in the real world.
2: Yeah, I agree. And the, the challenge is where the most growth happens. And I mean, although at the same time, the challenge is often where more mistakes will be made, but maybe that's the reason that so much more growth happens is that you're able to go through that learning process. And uh, yeah, I completely agree. And by the way, there's still time to learn about black holes. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Um, I do have
0: to decide on my third career.
2: That's right. It's coming up very quickly. Um, All right. One more for you. If your son or daughter were starting their law career um, tomorrow, what would you tell them specifically to avoid?
0: to avoid yeah.
2: um, starting law school or
0: starting a, 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 a coming out of law school let's assume they're graduated from law school so they've already made the mistake of going to law school I'm kidding
2: exactly.
0: uh, <laughs> the, uh, I think the thing to avoid uh, and it's just sort of the odd of what I said before which is being too narrow too quickly uh, I, okay. I, I do think that uh, it's important to uh, try to keep yourself Uh, As broad as um, as as you can, uh, for as long as you can, Um, and I think you know I'll I'll, we'll put a plug in since I I am the chair of Pro Bono Law Ontario that I do think one of the ways in which uh, younger lawyers can accomplish some of that is by doing uh, you know some pro bono work. Um, I don't want to. Sound too preachy about it, but I think it is part of the legal profession's responsibility. Sure. Uh, and it is uh, a way to get different uh, experience. I know we have a pro bono program here in the bank for the lawyers, uh, and it gives them uh, not only personal uh, rewarding um, ex- experiences, uh, it gives them, you know, instead of just doing some element of banking or wealth management or Investment counseling; it gives them an opportunity to do something quite different and learn some different skills.
2: Good, very good. Well, I think I could I could pick your brain for hours. But uh, you know what? Uh, on behalf of myself and uh, our listeners, thank you, thank you for your time, and uh, I wish you all the very best in uh, what's next.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to figure that out, Chris. And uh, you know, it was a pleasure d- doing this. I hope people find uh, some value out of the. Uh, out of listening to it.
2: They certainly will, David. Take care, okay? Great. Cheers. This is The Law School Show.